What's going on, best friends, and welcome to another episode of 2019 of Best Friends Talk Funny, the only kind of funny community podcast all about the best friends that make up said community. I am your host, Kyle Stevenson, a.k.a. WhoDatNinja73, and on today's episode, I have uh, a very good person of the community, a great friend. Uh, His name is Eric Kolunga. He is a huge... Uh, music, hip-hop guy, he's a wrestling, uh, fellow wrestling best friend who is one of the OG members of Kinda Wrestling. Um, he's just an all-around great dude, and I was excited to sit down and actually, uh, talk to him, uh, for like an hour. Um, that wasn't just over, uh, constant messages back and forth, um, to each other online. I think that's great. This is why I love doing this show. Um, had no idea that he sounds a little bit like Andy Cortez. Uh, I guess that just kind of runs in that southern Texas uh, drawl or uh, uh, accent, I guess, uh, so- southern twang um, in in their voices. But to me, I think they sound very similar. That could just be me, uh, you know, not using my brain all that well. But, hey, I'll let you be the judge. Um, Eric's great. I'm so happy to get him on. I... Um, uh, still a little bit rusty in doing the show, so I forgot to ask him a couple of, of things and point out a couple of things that he does, um, and, and so I feel bad for that. Uh, Eric is also a DJ. Uh, he DJs um, whenever he gets a chance. Um, he's a fantastically hard worker. He He's super knowledgeable, very respectful and kind and courteous and just an awesome dude, and I can't wait for you to get to know him. Um, so without further ado, let's get to know a best friend a bit better. Kind of funny is best friends. What that means is we are there for each other. What that means is that you can go to any kind of funny live event. You can go to an RTX, you can go to a PAX, and if you see someone in one of our shirts, you can go up and talk to them. You can go to dinner with them. Kind of funny is this. One of my favorite people in kind of wrestling and just in general. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, Kyle. How about you? I'm doing well. You are in Texas, correct? Yes, San Antonio. San Antonio. Uh, anywhere close to the RGB? Not remotely. Not remotely. <laughs> All right. Um, and I, I know of because we are both OG members of kind of wrestling and we've gotten to know each other very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're a huge sports fan. Yes. In general. So I'm guessing that means you are a Spurs fan? Yes, I am a diehard Spurs fan. You know, um, they're our only they're our only team, so I have to rep them as much as possible. And <laughs> has that always been, like, your team, like, from when you were little, or? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, um, Spurs, like, ever since I was born, they've always been successful. And so mm-hmm. when... You know, when Spurs start rolling, it's always a good time here in San Antonio. It's true. Yeah. Because I remember back in back in the day with David Robinson and um, 
uh, Nick Van Exel, I remember mm-hmm. very clearly, and uh, oh, uh, Avery Johnson too, right? Yep. Yeah, Johnson, yeah. Sean Elliott. That's a. Th- I have some very fond memories of the Spurs. Not that I was a huge Spurs fan myself. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Knicks fan because New York. <laughs> um, uh, but I I say that as like a, a lax NBA fan because mm-hmm. I don't really watch it uh, the NBA all that much. Um, I don't know why that was like my go to sport when I was little. Yeah, I like the NBA a lot because it's more. It's more like one of the more progressive leagues in in sports like mm-hmm. they're always, they're more forward thinking than say like the MLB which is kind of like there's like this weird struggle right now and them trying to get new fans trying to get younger people on board and then the NFL which is that's like a whole thing that I don't want to get into but yeah yeah uh, NBA's always been good about supporting their players and letting the players like be their own brand pretty much so I always thought mm-hmm. that was pretty cool and that's why I really like the NBA yeah, for sure. And, and plus, um, basketball's basketball is very good. Yeah, <laughs> it is very good. I, I I played it when I was younger. Did you play basketball at all? Um, I I think I I'm pretty sure I dabbled in it in like when I was in elementary school or whatever. But I was never into team sports, uh, mm-hmm. just because I wasn't very athletic. Gotcha. Um, I did uh, mixed martial arts and jujitsu, and that was my thing. So that was oh, that was fun. Do you still do that stuff? I do it for like conditioning and working out purposes, but I haven't competed in I want to say since high school. And okay. even then it was like a one-off thing, like just like local local like tournaments like within the gyms. Mhm. Uh one of my uh my friends on here and, and former guests, he also does jiu-jitsu and stuff uh with John John Schmidt. Oh, uh, awesome. he he's been doing it a long time. Um uh you've been doing it since high school you said, right? Yeah. What uh what level did you get up to? So, I got to my my second stripe on my white belt and then after that, that's uh I started getting more into uh cuz I was doing marching band for a while. And so I started really getting into that and that's uh pretty much a second job in itself just because of how much time it takes from you mm-hmm. and so what uh, no yeah. go ahead oh. i'm sorry yeah so i was more focused on that and it took away from jujitsu and then when i was finally done with the band i tried to get back into jujitsu and just my body wouldn't wouldn't let me mm-hmm. but it's all good now like i use it for uh for conditioning and it's really good way to stay in shape yeah i can imagine uh white belt is that like closer to the middle or like it's, more advanced range uh white belt is like the starting point pretty much okay. and then uh i want to say there's three stripes until you get your blue belt and um so i i had done it for a while and uh i was progressing pretty nicely and then i just kind of stopped so mm-hmm. and uh you mentioned uh marching band and doing like drum drum core stuff right yeah yeah. Uh, what made you go into that stuff? So, I've always been in band since you know middle school, whatever. And in high school, I really liked it. Uh, my our marching band in my high school wasn't very good, but um, I was introduced to this thing called drum corps, and it's essentially a touring marching band. Mm-hmm. I would say it's like it's like the 
like the top level marching band. So like it's, it's like the Nick Cannon drumline, right? Oh no, it's like oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. So Nick Cannon drumline, that's more like collegiate like stuff. Okay. Um, it's a step above that. So in drum corps, like we get on buses, like we travel the country, and then before all that, we are locked in like one place, and we just rehearse and rehearse, and it's like twelve hour days, and they're yelling at us and making sure that like we're in shape and it's it's a whole thing but it is honestly gave me like the two best summers of my life so it was really ex- like it was tuition based so it was really expensive but it's probably one of the one of the things that like molded me into the person I am today which I think is pretty cool yeah it's awesome uh you said you traveled like how far did you travel like within the state of Texas or did you branch out to like even farther states oh no like I want to say I've hit maybe 40 states just from that. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. And, and it, it was it was just – it's all for, like, competitions? Yeah, all competitions. Some days we'd be in the middle of Kentucky or something just rehearsing in the scorching heat. And wow. those days suck because, yeah, you're getting better those days, but it's just – the heat is just pounding on you and you just yeah. want to go home. But you're in the middle of Kentucky, and you there's no way you can go back home. <laughs> uh, man, I did not realize you you traveled all, all over the place for that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like, where would you perform? Like, in, like, the college stadiums or? College stadiums, and then we had what were called regionals. So those were, uh, like, the big, like, big competitions. And in those, we had, uh, we would perform in, like, the NFL stadiums. So my... Ooh my rookie year which was in 2014 we performed at the alamo dome which is uh where that's where the spurs used to play in Mm -hmm. like the 90s and we performed in the georgia dome where the atlanta falcons used to play wow and then our championships are always in uh lucas oil stadium like where the colts play so oh that's a beautiful stadium it's an amazing stadium yeah how does it feel being on the field at like these big places like that um it's really intense like it's really intimidating just like the walk from our rehearsal sites or our rehearsal areas Mm warm-up area to the buses that get like police escort it's really cool it makes you feel like it makes you feel like a like a rock star kind (laughs) of yeah and then you walk onto the field and there's just thousands and thousands of people just watching and screaming their heads off it's really amazing feeling. <clears throat> That's um, I had a friend in uh, in college who uh, she went to school in New York City. She played basketball for the team, and her home court was Madison Square Garden. Oh wow! So like whenever she would talk about it, I would always just look at glare at her like with all the jealousy and rage inside of me. Like, you got to be on the hardwood of the garden. Yeah. Like, that's that's insane to me. So, like, you being on the field of, like, where the NFL plays and, like, some of the biggest college players have played, that's that's pretty cool. I, I imagine that view is insane. Oh, yeah. And I want to say one of one of my favorite performances we ever did is we performed in the in the Stanford – I the Stanford Arena? I don't know their name for it. But mm-hmm. just walking to the stadium – and you like just looking at the campus and it's such a beautiful campus and then you see the Stanford like tree yeah and then you get <laughs> into the stadium and it's uh, it's just an amazing sight and yeah. 
that was uh, when we were on our West Coast tour, and it was one of our first shows, and it was really it was a really cool experience just having mm-hmm. one of like my first shows being in one of like the most iconic college football stadiums of all time. Yeah, and, and for for those of you who are listening who are not a sports fan or aren't like uh aware of like college mascots and stuff the stanford mascot is just a tree (laughs) it's one of my favorite mascots in all of college sports or even like sports in general yeah (laughs) (laughs) but that's pretty amazing um did you get paid for performing or is this just something that you did just to do not at all that you wanted to not at all we actually had to pay so oh wow it was like I said earlier, it was tuition based, so mm-hmm. we were we'd have to fundraise, and it was I want to say I paid uh, three thousand each season, wow. and that's just the tuition to be a part, like a member of it, and um, that doesn't include all of our camp fees, our our like money for us, like outside of. Uh, outside of like performances when we're just hanging out after um they don't give us like a like a stipend or anything so Mm -hmm. that's that's it's a it's a lot of money it's a pretty big investment so why did you why did you stop uh performing um i wanted to start taking my school a little seriously and the first year after i stopped performing like i did really well in school and then mm-hmm. the next two years, I was just bogged down by just, like, life stuff. And yeah. uh, when I finally was going to – I was wanted to do my age-out season, which was last year. Um, something came up, like, in my personal life, and I really – I didn't think, like, I was in a state mentally where I could prepare for all of that uh, because it's an audition process. And so not everyone that auditions is going to make it. Mm-hmm. So – I didn't think it would be smart for me to put that on my plate while while doing school, working, and I know a lot of people that are able to do that, and I just didn't see myself being able to handle it just because of the position I was in, like, mentally. I just mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't be- believe in myself, and honestly, I probably could have done it, but uh, the way I was where I was like personally I just Mm -hmm. I just decided to forego it and just live vicariously through all my friends that were doing it yeah I understand that Mm -hmm. I I mean you you made you made the right call I mean I'm sure you miss it but like take care of yourself is the the best choice that's something I've learned the hard way just the same yep um uh do you do you miss playing in front of like a large crowd like that oh yeah I miss it every day just because it's not many people get to experience it and so i got to experience it pretty much every day for two summers Mm -hmm. yeah and that's something that not a lot of people can say that they've performed in front of thousands of people yeah and like yeah it's banned there's like uh like 100 200 people on the field but there's still something about it that just makes it it just makes it feel like unique it's a unique feeling Mm -hmm. and I want to chase it again, but I know I have to focus on my studies yeah. and uh, life in general. But yeah. uh, I'm always trying to find find a way to get back on a stage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what uh, what instrument, what, what kind of uh, percussion instrument did you play? Oh, so drum corps is actually consisted 
of a brass ensemble, so like a march, it's a, it's a marching band. Okay. And so uh, it was just brass instruments, so it was trumpets, tubas, gotcha, uh, marching okay. mellophones. I still have the cannon drumline in my head. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, most people when they hear drum corps, they're like, "Oh yeah, like the Nick Cannon movie," and I'm like, uh, "Yeah, it's 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 like that. It's kind of like yeah. that." <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I played the. Or I auditioned on trumpet because that was my primary instrument when I was in high school. And I switched to mellophone my rookie year just because um, I would have been pretty much like an off-the-bench person if I stuck mm-hmm. with trumpet in over there. And so okay. I switched to mellophone, and I honestly think that was for the, like, for the best uh, just because they're the body of work and the in the in the books in the music books um they had all these cool runs and so and you're playing high all the time and it was like it was pretty cool so i'm really glad i made that switch just because not everybody knows what the instrument is anyway yeah and so i get to have all these cool little phrases in the music that nobody else in the in the band gets to have that's awesome. Um, before we we get too far away, I forgot to ask you about um, the area where you live. You, you said San Antonio. Are you like in the city itself? Or are you like right outside of it? Oh no, yeah, I'm in the city. So it's maybe I want to say like an 11 minute drive from downtown. Okay. Yeah. So how is how is it living in like a, a big city such as San Antonio? So where I live, it's right by campus, so it's right by UTSA, and it's really busy all the time. Um, but uh, there's not really a nightlife here, so I guess it doesn't get too crazy. Mm-hmm. So if we're wanting to get like into all that, it you you're gonna have to drive up to Austin because yeah, San Antonio is a really great city. It's just there's not there's not a whole lot to do, mm-hmm. but during certain times of the year, like San Antonio is like a really awesome place to be. Like in April, we have Fiesta, and uh, that's like a really big part of the city. Mm-hmm. And so, that's really something really unique to San Antonio that a lot of people travel travel here for, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, nice. Um, how far is San Antonio from Austin? It's around a seven. It seventy five miles. So. Like okay. an hour and thirty minutes, maybe. That's not bad. No, not at all. That's pretty much like I take. I'm a forty-five minute drive to my movie theater, so oh. <laughs> I I completely understand that. Um, uh, whoa, oh man, I lost my train of thought. Where where was I going with this? Um, uh, San Antonio. Oh yeah, San Antonio. Uh, being in Texas, is there something that is very much like native to Texas and San Antonio that other people might not? experience or know about that you feel is like unique to you yeah so on weekend morning so saturday sunday morning um there's a big there's big breakfast taco we're big breakfast taco city okay. yeah uh-huh. and specifically saturday sundays is a uh, barbacoa and big red which is oh. something that like many like like a lot of people in South Texas, as soon as you say that, they're like, "Yep, that's that's what's for breakfast." <laughs> so it's something like I think is incredibly unique to South Texas. 
but um, when you tell people from outside of Texas, they're just like, you know, what's Big Red? Like, why are you eating barbecue in the morning? <laughs> that sounds like the perfect start to yeah. me. <laughs> like, um, that's that's pretty cool. I, I've never tasted Big Red. I only know Big Red from Andy oh. on, the, on Kind of Funny. That's the only reason why. Yeah. It, what is it? I imagine it tastes just like Mountain Dew Code Red. Um, it's a little sweeter. So I oh, would it's say, sweeter. Okay. Yeah, I would say Code Red has like a little harsher taste. Mm-hmm. It tastes more like a soda. This one tastes more like like a cream, like a cream soda almost. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. I would not have expected that. Huh. Um. So uh, the way we uh met was in kind of wrestling mm-hmm. uh where all the best friends go to talk all things wrestling um why is wrestling awesome i'll just leave it at that eric i mean yes we lately we both have been on the trend where it's kind of hard to get into right now not yeah. that it's it's a, there's just a lot of other things going on but like when you were growing up like what made you f- fall in love with wrestling um Growing up, it was like a way for me to connect to my 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 dad, who was a big fan of it. Okay. Um, and my brother and sister, so that was something we all bonded like bonded uh together on, and um, it was something my my grandfather and my mom's side. He was really into like watching like lucha from like Mexico, mm-hmm. and so that culture was like really pushed on me when i was a kid like i had all these like luchador masks so oh that's awesome yeah i don't have i think i have maybe like one or two still but yeah so watching wrestling has been a thing that i've done since i was a kid like everyone has their points where they fall off from watching it Mm -hmm. i want to say i'm in a point of it right now but i mean i still like occasionally check in I, i i watch enough to know what's going on yeah but Compared to like two years ago, I'm nowhere into like into it as I was those mm-hmm. like two years ago. Yeah, I mean it's a lot. Oh, Just yeah. thinking like on a weekly basis, there's I don't know four shows a week, depending yeah. on what promotion you watch. That's, and that's four shows a week if you're just watching WWE, and yeah, that's not even all the shows that they put out. So no, <laughs> I want to say they have three shows just on Wednesday. Yeah, there's NXT, NXT UK, and 205 Live. Oh yeah, jeez, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a lot. That's three hours of wrestling. Uh, like it's on like on the side. People prefer that, but people prefer that wrestling. But really, the ones everyone talks about is Raw and SmackDown, which is on Monday yeah. and Tuesday, and that alone is five hours. Just those yep. two shows. Yeah, no, and then when you get to I mean, I watch, like, the big pay-per-view weekends because those are always fun. Yeah. Uh, But right there, like, WrestleMania is coming up in April. WrestleMania itself is, like, a six-hour show. And then the night before is NXT TakeOver. That's usually two and a half, almost three. Mm -hmm. Then Raw and SmackDown, another five hours. That's a lot of wrestling in a four-day span. Yes. Uh, And, and, you know, we have other things we like to do. So, yeah, it's quite a lot. Um, So... Before uh, Skype decided to go haywire, uh, I was going to ask you, Eric, who was your favorite wrestler when you were younger? So, growing up, uh, Eddie Guerrero was my favorite wrestler and probably still my favorite wrestler of all Latino time. Latino Heat. Yep. Just because he was a 
he was like the first Hispanic wrestler that got really big. Like he was probably the biggest Hispanic wrestler like in America that mm-hmm. was getting like he was getting matches with Kurt Angle, he was getting matches with JBL, so yeah. He was he was that like first like big mainstream uh Hispanic wrestler, so I gravitated towards him. So Yeah, Eddie always... was Eddie is one of my all-time favorites cuz he just oozed charisma. Mm-hmm. And like he cheated almost every match. <laughs> yeah. But man, I loved every second of it. Like I you it was hard to root against him. Yeah. Yeah. Um when when I remember hearing when he uh when he passed away just being so heartbroken. And and I know like those episodes where they it's like a tribute episode mm-hmm. and, and seeing like Batista break down was yeah. is is something that's etched in my brain like ah oh, so sad yeah that was one of i, I want to say that was like one of the like worst days i remember like growing up as a kid yeah you know just because someone you watch every week on tv they just died and not really comprehending like you know what death is but it's just like a weird thing to actually see yeah for sure, yeah. Um, who would who would you say is your favorite wrestler today? Right now, it's a guy in New Japan. His name's Tetsuya Naito. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, him and Andrade Cien Almas. Oh, I love Almas. So both of those dudes, they, I love them for like almost the exact same reasons you said you love Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. They just ooze charisma, and anytime they're on the screen everyone like everyone is watching like they're not someone that you like it's not someone when they're on the screen i don't expect anyone to be like on their phones or mm-hmm. playing a game or something just because the way they like take command of the ring and the way they take command of the screen it's just it's like next level like you could see why those guys are in the positions that they're in yeah, they they demand your attention if you're watching. Yes, which is perfect. That's yeah. Uh, it's always great watching guys who have that ability to be mm-hmm. like, hey, no matter you want to check your phone, great, but you're gonna miss this awesome thing that I'm gonna say or do. Yeah, so you better make sure you watch. That's like that's pretty much why I like those two wrestlers because they are pretty much the exact same. They're interchangeable. Like if you bring. Naito over to WWE, Risen almost over to New Japan. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be the same reaction both ways because I think they're, I'm like pretty confident in saying that they're the same wrestler. Uh-huh. They don't wrestle the same way, but the way they command the screen, and command the ring, and the way the crowd reacts to them, it's the exact like I see it. It's the mm-hmm. exact same. Yeah. Um, before we get into your your Twitter handle. Uh, which I think is really funny. Um, uh, another thing that I know about you is uh, you're you love hip hop. Oh yeah. And I am not like I I <laughs> like it, but yeah. the hip hop uh, world is something that confuses me, and it's really hard to keep up on. <laughs> yeah, it's ever changing. You know, there's always some some drama going on. Yeah. It's always somebody's always releasing something, so. It's kind of a like a circus in itself. That's mm-hmm. 
like just like you know just like wrestling just like football like yeah. it provides that same sort of entertainment from not just the actual products mm-hmm. but like the happenings around it like the rumors like is this person gonna drop this album who's gonna diss who yeah who's gonna diss who (laughs) who's this person working with this person just followed this producer on instagram does that mean that an album's coming Uh, like stuff like that it's just another thing where you've always been a hip-hop fan so growing up i was uh really into like rock music and um like my first album i ever listened to was a was a cassette of um of uh like operation ivy it was a, like it's a punk band oh, okay that my mom that my mom was uh my, my mom was putting me onto. so she was really into like like uh punk music like hardcore punk that's music, awesome which is which is really cool <laughs> that's how I my got mom into, got like... me into rock my mom <laughs> I, I listened to my mom's guns and roses cassette Oh yeah, and, and that's why "Sweet Child of Mine" is my favorite song of all time because I just replay <laughs> that song over and over and over again. Yeah, so like Operation Ivy, Minor Threat, H Two O, like all these like, I want to say, like if there's people into that kind of music, you won't like those are like the staples of mm-hmm. like punk rock. But that's like that's what I grew up on. That was what my mom showed me, and then my brother, he was the one that was into hip hop. And I remember him uh, bringing home uh, Kanye West's graduation on CD, mm-hmm. and he left it in the in the radio in our uh, in our garage where he used to work out, and like where we used to play, like we used to just play in the garage. And um, uh, I pressed play, and that album that from that point on, I just listened to hip hop forever. And I'm guessing since that first CD was Kanye, your Kanye's like your go-to. He's like your favorite. Um, he was. He was. I okay. like. I still like everything he's done in music. I think is unmatched. You know, if this was two years ago, three years ago, you would catch me arguing with everyone, saying how he is like the greatest artist of our generation, mm-hmm. all that, all that stuff. But his personal choices i don't really agree with and like i have friends that are that were diehard kanye fans as well and they pretty much echo that same sentiment and like me i'm just not really big into the separating the art from the artist because the artist is the one making the art Mm -hmm. and you have to take everything that they do into uh into account when listening to their music i that that's how i feel personally yeah and so it's harder to listen to like his music now just like knowing yeah the stuff he's said and stuff mm-hmm. he's doing but like i can still listen to it and say hey that's a great song but i'm not gonna be racing to go back to re-listen to it like all his older stuff i'll still listen mm-hmm. to um pretty often but do, he's do, not constantly in rotation anymore yeah do you think uh there'll ever be a time where you'll change your mind on him or is it pretty I'm, much kind of set um i'm sure he could say something that's like <laughs> it was like i was i was being used much like he said that mm-hmm. like he said he was being used as a political like tool yeah and i was like oh man maybe he's coming to the senses and then he said something outlandish again i was like ah maybe not <laughs> nah, that's fine though gotcha like 
I could still enjoy his older music and not like like I don't have to make a big deal about it. Gotcha. Um, so who is your go-to? Like who's somebody that uh, if someone is not big into hip hop like myself, who is somebody that I should be known of? Or wait, that's not the right grammar. <laughs> somebody that I should know. Yeah. Um, someone that I like to show people a lot is this guy named uh, Isaiah Rashad, just because he is like the perfect balance. I think of he's like. I want to say he's a little closer to like old school hip hop. Like he he raps. Like you're not gonna catch him, just like repeating like the same style of mm-hmm. rap that you hear on the radio all the time, which I personally enjoy. And uh, people say it's garbage or whatever, but like I enjoy it. So, but yeah, he his production is really low key. You don't have like the crazy like 808 bass drums mm-hmm. that you hear in like a Migos or a Cardi B song, and. Um, I really like I really like the way he raps. It's really accessible. Um his raps like aren't really abrasive or like braggadocious. Mm-hmm. It's really it's really different from everyone else out like uh like in the mainstream right now. But he still has songs that like can turn into that. So I think he's a really versatile artist and I just wish he just put out more music, but mm-hmm. you know, that's that's a conversation for another time. Yeah. <laughs> Probably with somebody who is more knowledgeable in music. Not, yeah. I'm not that person. Um, all right. So I teased it before your Twitter handle, which is yeah. at burner ERC, basically Eric yeah. without the I, uh, you had, a, a, a older one, which I know it's just a bunch of letters. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it was taken down for some reason. Why was that? So, I want to say Europe instituted this new law that that it required Twitter to turn over um, accounts that were made by people that were underage when they made them Mm. or under the age of 13, I believe. Okay. And I want to say I was maybe a couple days away from, from being 13 when I made my Twitter account. Like I remember making my Twitter account to follow Adam Kovic and to follow Greg <laughs> and to follow Colin because they would always give away like beta codes and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that was my entry into into Twitter. And then this law gets passed and it get it gets taken away. So, I mean, that sucks. But I guess it's it's whatever. They send me emails every now and then, like, "Hey, we're working on getting your account back." And I was, I'm just like, I know you're lying, but that's <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, you are you are now the second guest on the show who's had a Twitter account being taken down. First being Mario Not Bros. Um, oh yeah, I remember him like posting in the Facebook group saying, "Does anybody know how to get your account back?" And yeah. I remember people tagging me, and I'm just like, "Please don't remind me." Yeah. What was your original Twitter handle? It was like HGD something, right? Yeah. So if you look at your keyboard, it's uh, HGFDSA, and so. The like source of that Twitter name is I just held my finger down on H and just slid it across to the cast oh, lock. Okay. And you know, really un like uninspired, but <laughs> uh, I was in uh, I was in um, my seventh period English class, and I had another Twitter like I had that Twitter 
like forever and it was a different name i don't even remember the name of my original twitter account mm -hmm. and uh i just renamed it because i think it was something it was something about like video games and i don't really remember it gotcha that's what that's a so, practical username now yeah so i just like go left on the keyboard put my name in and then enter my password and i'm good uh so what made you in the second account choose burner eric without the i so right around when they when that happened there was this big story going around in the nba concerning um i want to say it was a general manager of this philadelphia 76ers where he was like people found out that he was using burner accounts to talk trash about the team and oh like, wow okay yeah and so uh i was like oh i should just make this like my burner account and uh his name is Brian Colangelo, and oh, okay. so when I restarted my my Twitter, I had my Twitter handle as uh, Eric Colangelo, hoping people would get the reference, but it's like a super niche, like obscure reference uh -huh. that like, not many people under got it, but the people that did got a chuckle out of it. Nice. Uh, and you're, you're happy with it now? I mean... It's okay. Like yeah. I don't. I I had. I want to say like 500 followers on the other one, and now I have like 185. But the way I tweet, like, like I I feel like I get more engagement on off my tweets this time around, mm -hmm. just because I want to say the old one was just like riddled with bots and like yeah. spam accounts. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Um. So it, it's a new age for a healthier Twitter handle for you. Eric. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no need to worry about problematic tweets anymore. No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, all right, so we're at this point in the show where you, Eric, have to give me and everyone else listening one thing that I should watch, play, listen to, or read. Oh, okay. And you, you, you already gave us Isaiah Rashad, which is awesome. Yeah. So uh, something else, maybe. So this one's actually going to be a pretty – uh out there kind of thing oh so i love it yeah. i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with music and people know that or anyone who's friends with me knows that i listen to hip-hop but what i'm gonna recommend is a is a country album oh nice okay it's it's a pretty popular one but um i think it's like one of the one of the better albums of last year it's called golden hour by casey musgraves okay so Casey Musgrave, she's this, uh, she's a country singer from from Texas. I think she's from Texas at least. I'm not sure. I want to say she is. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, but she's like on the same path that like Taylor Swift is. Taylor Swift was when she had like all of her like original albums were like like real country, and then there's that one that kind of mixed in the pop elements. Mm -hmm. And so I think Casey Musgraves is on the verge of that. Of switching over to pop music and uh she has a song on there called high horse which i hear every day at work but it's so good that i just can't stop listening to it but um it's nominated for album of the year i believe oh, nice. uh, for the grammys so usually when the grammy noms hit you'll catch a lot of people like um like uh talking about like their albums of the year or whatever but that's a super like it's a really good album and it surprised me because i'm not really big into country like i'm yeah. big into like like older country what made you uh, decide to give it a listen 
So I saw her at a music festival a bunch. I want to say 2015 or 16. I'm not sure which year. And um, she she was like one of the early acts. And so my friends wanted to see her, and I was like, I really don't want to see anybody right now. So I yeah, like yeah, I'm down to go mm-hmm. watch her. And she has this song. I want to say it's called "Follow Your Arrow" mm-hmm. or something. And it's a really funny song, but it it's like it goes like against every single like big country artist at the time because it's real like uh like live your own life uh doesn't matter if you like if you're a girl that likes girls or your boy likes boys. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was like really cool coming from uh like from a genre of, like country which yeah. like you know it's a lot of like drinking beer and like uh wife left me all that yeah kind of stuff. like it was, it was kind of same we're at a point when it was kind of samey in country music mm-hmm. and so i thought it was really cool that this like young like younger country artist is like uh she's like she's being uh like a diff she's bringing like a new attitude to country music mm-hmm. and i thought it was really cool so from then on i kind of kept tabs on like her new music but this album when when this album dropped it was a real nice mix of like her style of country and then it's closer to like a like a, like a pop album i think okay so i thought it was really i thought it was really good and everyone i've recommended it to they're like oh wow like i didn't think i would like this and i do so it's a good listen, I think. Nice. Uh, has uh, when you first saw her perform, has it opened you up to listening to more country music? Oh yeah, um, that and I have a lot of friends that listen to country music, mm-hmm. so they're always recommending me artists, and they all sound samey to me because that's just that's just how it sounds to me. Yeah. But there's a few good artists that I like: uh, Kane Brown, Brett Eldridge, and then Casey Musgraves. Those are like the three I listen to mm-hmm. probably the most. Nice. And yeah, they're really uh, Kane Brown and Brett Eldridge. They're more like the samey style, but they have really cool voices, so I like listening to them. Yeah, that is something that I've noticed with country because I don't listen to it myself all that often. But if there's an artist who has a very distinct voice, I, I find myself not changing the, or turning the dial or, like, skipping the song. Yeah. Because I like the sound of the voice. hmm Yeah. That's awesome. Um, all right, Eric. Uh, now we're going to – I'm going to ask you some uh, – since this is a kind of funny community podcast, uh, how did you get into kind of funny? You mentioned before you were – you started the Twitter account to follow Greg to get uh, some uh, beta codes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, what What made you hop in and and enjoy the guy's content? So I want to say I was following Greg on Twitter for a really long time, and then I'd never even like heard of Podcast Beyond or anything. And uh, I remember when the PlayStation Network went down. Mm-hmm. I was like go on google see what's happening and then like all the articles were from colin or or uh, i want to say clements yeah if he was still there i'm not sure but it was all like that that era of a uh, playstation ign team mm-hmm. and uh i remember when <laughs> the playstation network went back up and colin and greg had a uh like they had a live episode where they were just taking calls from people yep. celebrating that playstation network was back on and 
from then on, I I listened to Beyond uh, like for a pretty long time, and then I fell off of video games like completely when I was in school, and then I was watching, looking for E3 coverage one year. I think it was when I was doing the whole band thing, and mm-hmm. uh, it was I want to say it was Tim reacting to something, and um, is no I think it was just them talking over one of the press conferences. Yeah, I was like, oh, I think I've seen these guys before. I was like, I thought they were on IGN. Oh, well, whatever, and then you know just kept checking in because they had a good like I like the way they talked about video games. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's from then on. I just kind of stuck around because they're all really funny. Yeah. Uh, what would you say is, uh, as a fan, like a favorite kind of funny moment? Ooh, a good one that just happened recently was uh, was uh, Tim reacting to Joker being in Smash. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was like hysterical, but. Uh, there's been like plenty of episodes of GOG where they just get really, uh, really personal, and those episodes I really liked a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one episode I always like go back to because I think it's one of the best episodes is when Greg introduces uh, this drink, the drink, the paint can drink. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember making it after hearing it, and I was like, oh man. This guy has so, so many terrible ideas, but this is so good. <laughs> is it delicious? I haven't tried it myself. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Oh, okay. It's so sugary. <laughs> well, it's Mountain Dew lemonade mix, right from the can. Yeah, Mountain Dew lemonade mix, lime mix, and then Everclear, which uh-huh. is terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and I don't know if you've, if like your your. Uh, friends you see in in regular life uh are fans are kind of funny but has anyone mentioned that you kind of sound like andy do i you do like when we first started the the recording i was like you sound a little bit like andy and that it kind of threw me off a little bit maybe it's that south texas inflection i i I, yeah it's gotta be uh what's it like to have uh uh, uh, Andy from Texas, uh, being at kind of funny. Like, do you when he mentions like the RGB and like Whataburger and all the stuff from that he did, like when he lived there? It does it like does it make you feel proud to be from where he is from, type of thing? On honestly, like yeah, it does. Just because uh, there's so, there's like very few people that in like media period that i can like relate to mm-hmm. and it's andy cortez is one and then two is shay serrano he's a writer for the ringer uh-huh. and andy's always mentioning him too and i'm just like oh like these people like they know like like when i talk about big red like those two guys are like oh yeah big red yeah oh yeah barbacoa oh yeah and then andy always talks about pluckers and so like that's like the best wing place in texas it's so good and Andy's always willing to die on the hill for Whataburger, and you catch me anywhere online, I'm defending that too. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's really cool to just have someone that I listen to daily, or almost daily, mm-hmm. uh, real like just to relate to like on stuff like that, like Peter Piper and Pluckers and Whataburger, and just like knowing that he kind of grew up in like the same 
sort of area that we did. Mm-hmm. Not really, because our like Rio Grande Valley is like super far yeah. from here. But like he grew up a Cowboys fan. He's a Spurs fan. So I see a lot of that like here too. So he like like I relate to him like on a like on a different level than like others do. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of, of Andy and uh, kind of funny and stuff, uh, this is the first recording in 2019 for kind of funny 4.0. Uh, mm-hmm. So I want to kind of ask you, uh, Eric, the first week of the new shows have already come and gone. Um, have you watched, watched them yet? Yeah, I I don't watch kind of funny. Oh, so I've listen. always been a yeah, I've been a listener forever. So gotcha. there was a like a good point in time where I didn't see their faces for a few like months. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. So uh, what do you think of the the new lineup? I think I like it a lot just because it's uh, the way they organize the different days of content is really cool. Mm-hmm. I really like uh, the show with Nick and Andy KFAF. Yeah. I thought I've been like, singing the song since I watched the episode last week. It was stuck in my head. Like I hear, I listened to it at work, and so that stupid song was stuck in my head yep. all day mm-hmm. while I was at work. And so, yeah, I've always liked uh, Tim and Andy or Nick and Andy together. So them getting a show together is so good. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I like how they're. It's a nice combo with everybody, and they all get mm-hmm. their their chance to kind of shine and do their own thing, which is awesome. Yeah. I haven't gotten a ca- chance to listen to the screencast yet, but I... Uh, I will say Kevin did a great job for his first time hosting. Uh, That's good to know. Yeah. I, I, I'm excited to see how he, once he gets comfortable, just how, how great he can be. Cause he was already pretty, pretty great on the first episode, but I, I could tell there's some nerves there. Yeah. Um, but man, once he gets comfortable, I'm sure he's gonna kill it. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Gog topic. Every every episode. Uh, that was a real bad segue, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> uh, every episode we have a, a my guest brings an old Gog topic to discuss amongst ourselves. Um, we've had uh, the Disney Princess conversation on here, I believe. <laughs> we've had uh, favorite fast food stuff. Um, so my question to you, Eric, is what is your topic? So my topic is um, – our nerds holding back nerd culture and i was going so how i got my topic was i was just going through the playlist of all the uh all the topics uh like when they used to break them out like by Mm -hmm. video yeah and i saw this one and it like (coughs) connected with something that like i'm really invested in right now which is like the state of like fandom and professional wrestling Mm mm-hmm so uh it's gonna get like really specific and so i imagine like anybody that regularly listens to this is gonna be like i don't know what this guy's talking about but uh i think it's something really something really strange is happening with professional wrestling fandom and i think and in my opinion it's holding back uh professional wrestling yeah in in what way are are you speaking about it so um Recently, they announced uh, a couple guys that were working with Ring of Honor and New Japan. Ah. They they announced their new company, and it's called All Elite Wrestling. And um, some of the like 
like it's good that there's a new there's a new company out mm-hmm. but some of the reactions from fans like fans of those guys fans that don't like those guys and everyone else in between it's just really weird like people that are diehard fans of those guys they're so anti anti wwe anti like big company Mm -hmm. and they're just like uh they're like oh you guys aren't ready for this like if you don't like this you don't like real wrestling blah 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 and i just think it's really dumb Mm -hmm. um just because um like what i'm into right now into wrestling is like um like older like japanese wrestling like because that's because right now in my opinion mixed martial arts isn't good mm-hmm. and in t- like because of that i'm watching older japan stuff because it mimics like it emulates what i feel like i'm missing in mixed martial arts and mma and so it's that's really entertaining to me to right right mm-hmm. now and just seeing like it's like fragments of uh, fans just uh, like declare that this thing's either going to be dead from the start, like from the jump, or that it's going to be the greatest thing ever from the jump. I think like people just need to be more open to yeah. wrestling. And that in itself is like hurting, like hurting fandom because people make fun of wrestling fans anyway. Mm-hmm, but then you sure. see like the way people are just running away with the idea that this is going to be the greatest thing ever or the worst thing ever. I think it just makes us, or makes like fan, like a wrestling fandom just look like even more dumb. Yeah. It, it's, I kind of equate it to like being a PlayStation fanboy versus Xbox fanboy. It's, yeah, it's like exactly it. it being a, being a diehard fanboy for either side to just kind of, shit on the other one just because it's not your favorite mm-hmm. it, it it just it breeds negativity and it's awful i don't like that at all it, it like it sometimes and sure this is gonna sound like an over exaggeration but it makes me sick like <laughs> yeah, it, it I, just <laughs> i'm tired of seeing it like back when i used to work at gamestop it would just be like i'd get these people come in and they would like make it a point to like people go over to the play who are looking at like the PlayStation games and be like, Oh, you should come over here to the green side. Cause like our side's better. We got like the better games and blah, blah, blah. You're you picked a shitty system. What a shitty choice. And like, dude, just let them live and like what they like. And maybe one day you can experience something that might change your mind. Like stop being so closed minded type of thing. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. And, uh, I've been noticing it more, which is really crazy to me. I'm noticing it more on the people on the side of the new company, which is not something I'm familiar with because usually it's always like the WWE, like people that are fans of WWE, just yeah. like just like shitting on whatever's not WWE. But I'm noticing it more and more from like the other side, which I think is really, I think it's really funny because I'm. Because there's this whole phenomenon with wrestling where people just like like certain people from different companies mm-hmm. just for the fact that they're not with WWE. Yeah. When when you look at it from like an objective view, like those guys, like some guys just didn't have what I thought was a like like they just haven't been 
who they were being built as and people are just saying that these guys are so good like via word of mouth without like actually watching some of the like uh some of the product which mm-hmm. i think is really funny because that's just being like uh um uh, like yeah playstation has a better games blah 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 playstation has really good games and then someone's like oh yeah like yeah uh they have such good games like what did you think of god of war like oh i didn't play it but i just know it's really good and it's better than anything xbox has and i just think mm-hmm. that's really stupid yeah yeah and it's because I know uh, you're, you're talking about the All Elite Wrestling and the Young Bucks and and Cody, formerly Cody Rhodes, starting their own thing, and I I find it weird like the how the the fans of them are so. I mean, I guess they're it's like a sense of pride, but it's kind of like a warp sense of pride where they like attack. Yeah, which is weird to me. Yeah, it's it's really weird because I would always notice it like with like wwe fans and and now it's like happening with like smaller a brand like new like, thing that hasn't even like had a, a thing yet i mean it yeah. had one thing but it wasn't under all elite wrestling yeah exactly and i just think it's i think it's super funny and um i I'm like i'm excited to see what they in, introduced like when the when the promotion actually starts rolling yeah but people calling it like the wwe killer and it's like so it's it's hilarious to me mm-hmm. but like on a broader scale like i feel like attitudes like that is like hurting people who like call themselves gamers or call themselves yeah. nerds or something just like i'm able to see it at like in something that i'm really familiar with and i'm just like oh that's that's dumb i wish yeah. people didn't do that but i it- mean in some ways, you're probably upset because that, like, that was your one thing that you enjoyed watching where this didn't happen, yeah, type of thing. And now it's happening, and it kind of sucks. It's it's kind of how I feel like whenever I see Marvel versus DC crap. Like it's <laughs> I enjoy all of it, and yeah, it, it just all of it is is good for each other. Like DC's good for Marvel, Marvel's mm-hmm. good for DC. But if you're listening to this, you probably have heard that a million times from other podcasts and shows. But it's the truth. Like yeah. there, there's there there's no way for you, like you. It's a win win for you, honestly. Yeah. If if both companies are great, then you get two awesome products. So why would you be so against one of them is something that I find really hard to understand. Yeah, that's something that's, like, really weird to me. Like, I know I have a lot of friends that just don't like, uh, like, New Japan or they don't like WWE. And it's, I'm just like, yeah, that's cool. Like, fine. Like, mm-hmm. if it's wrestling, I'm going to throw it on. Yeah. And if I like it, I like it. If I don't, I don't. And um, that's something that people that like video games i'm sure can relate to like i know so many people that are like yeah i just like the games that i like i don't really care Mm -hmm. if it's on xbox or playstation if it's a good game i'm gonna play it yeah yeah and and for me personally when uh zelda breath of the wild came out i got it on my switch Mm -hmm. i i think to this day i've only played maybe a half an hour of it oh wow and for a long for a long time like i was I was I was kind of afraid to say that because I didn't want people to jump down my throat and be like, how dare you type of thing. Yeah. Like, it just didn't click with me, and that's okay, too. Yeah. I, and that's something else that I think goes into how um, 
like nerds, quote unquote, are holding back the culture because like just because you enjoy and are really into something doesn't mean that everyone is going to. Yeah, and like it's I like I think it's like kind of what you said when you said the culture. I think that's something that uh that's like really relevant uh relevant in hip hop as well. Like mm-hmm. people that grew up listening to like Jay Z, listening to p diddy listen yeah. to tupac all like from that era they're really not uh open or like wanting to listen to all the new stuff because it's different and in their opinion it's bad but like there's good like there's good music out there like they're mm-hmm. just not looking and i think that's like on different um different like hip-hop uh websites podcasts you'll find people saying that that kind of attitude is holding back is holding back the art. Yeah. And so like, that's something that it's, I guess it's just relevant, like anywhere, just like people complain that too many sequels are ruining movies. Mm -hmm. when Like there's great original movies that came out last year. Like, I don't know, like mid nineties, eighth grade, all original screenplays, a quiet place. Yeah. Quiet place. Like all of these things are original screenplays and people are too busy complaining that mission impossible got like a six movie or something. Yeah. And that and, they're making another comic book movie. And those same people who complain about it are, are still going and like, and spending their money on the big blockbusters. Cause it's, it's something everyone is going to see. And yeah, in some ways they're the problem. Cause they don't spend their money on the smaller stuff to go see the, the kind of unique indie stuff. Yeah. And, and because they don't do that, then yeah, we are going to get a lack of a lack of bigger type of original ideas, but like you said there's original ideas everywhere. You just kind of when you see them, you kind of have to give them the chance. Like Netflix is great for that. Yeah. Like I just finished watching a show on Lifetime. Like a Lifetime series uh-huh. because it was on Netflix. And Netflix like I probably would never watch Lifetime. Yeah, for Netflix, sure. Netflix was pushing it to the front of their page, and so it's like, let me give this a shot. Like, uh, let me give this a shot, see how good it is, and it was really entertaining. So, mm-hmm. like, it's a new property, and if there's like better, good television, good movies, good music, good wrestling, all that stuff, if it's good, it's good. Yeah. Like I, like I don't see why people have such problems with uh, like aligning themselves with like one oh like one company yeah pretty much because the company applies for anything like one company one style Mm -hmm. like like i just don't get it just like open up your mind 100 percent. yeah i i think the moral of the story is like if you if you see it and like it sounds like i'm just ripping off greg and i kind of sort of am if you see it just like don't engage in it like kind of be open-minded yourself try to spread the word about the good stuff that you were watching and do it in a way where you're not coming off as like a dick and an arrogant egotistical maniac yeah and i think it's everyone's better off for it like like another quick example is like kingdom hearts 3 is coming out mm-hmm. there there are so many uh people in the the kind of funny facebook group who absolutely adore Kingdom Hearts and the series. Yeah. And I'm so happy for them. And yeah, I like the games. Um, and I am kind of excited for it. But to go on Twitter and stuff and see 
these people just bat oh, some people bash Kingdom Hearts because it's a kitty game. It's got Mickey in it and Donald and yeah. Goofy and, and and like don't don't engage in it. Let them let them just yell at a wall and see what happens and basically just like like what you like kind of thing. Yeah, and, and don't don't help don't destroy what we love pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> don't be the you reason don't... why we don't get cool nerdy stuff in the mainstream. Yeah, like that kind of stuff. Like create the creator see it and like why would they want to keep doing that stuff if like that's the environment that Oh yeah. it's going to be living in. Like it's it's so funny. Like like Insomniac and the the Spider-Man suit thing. Yeah, a couple, exactly. That made me so angry that people were giving them such a hard time over it. Like Oh, it was the worst. Um, yeah, that that was a great topic, Eric. I, I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, yeah. I, ho- I hope people, uh, you know, start being more positive out there. Not that this community has any problems doing that, because we're, we're pretty great at that, but continue. Continue it, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, we're, we're here at the, the end of our episode, Eric, and oh. we have one question for you. <laughs> one question okay. uh there was another question that's on twitter and i'm not gonna ask it because i am a teacher <laughs> and yeah. yeah it was very it uses some verbiage that i'm not comfortable using yeah that's um, yeah <laughs> uh this question comes from our good friend uh brad hardcastle um what's your favorite sauce eric my favorite sauce so yeah. growing up my favorite sauce was steak sauce <laughs> Like typical A one steak sauce. Yeah, just like A one. I don't know why it was just really like I put it on everything. Now, now but, when you say you put it on everything, like uh, breakfast foods. Yeah. Wow. Steak and eggs, bacon, the chicken, pretty much anything that okay. you could put sauce on, I would eat it because I thought it was a <laughs> I thought it was a better ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, A one steak sauce just a better ketchup. I hate ketchup, so. (laughs) And but now I'm really into buffalo sauce. Buffalo Mm. sauce is so good. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a spicy guy, and buffalo sauce is probably. Yeah, mild buffalo sauce. That's like that's the way to go. Mm -hmm. Is that is that a sauce you put on everything? Uh, I wish I could put it on everything, but uh, if it's available, I will throw it on there. I can't think of a, a favorite sauce, bread, uh, for myself. Like, uh, what what would that even be? I guess you know what's a weird one. All right, here's a weird one. When I go to McDonald's, which I'm not doing anymore because I'm trying to get healthy, um, yeah. I would get some nugs. Yeah. And when they ask for like what sauce you want, I'll just ask for straight up honey, not honey oh, yeah. mustard, just straight honey. Just honey. And, and dip the chicken nuggets in that, and I thought that was delicious. And I know some people, when I told them that, were like, that's so weird. Like, <laughs> where'd you come up with that? I, was, I don't know. I just tried it out, and it was delicious. Speaking of honey, there was this, like, weird thing my sister used to do when we used to go to this steakhouse here in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, she would put honey on, like, the crackers that they give you. Yeah. And then put, like, they give you crackers, and then she would put honey... And she'd put sugar on it, and then she would just eat it like that. And I always thought that was so, like, I was just like, it's just so, it's too sweet for me. Like, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine eating that. Honey and sugar on a cracker? Yeah. 
Huh. You have to ask her like what what she would call that. Yeah, I <laughs> I will. <laughs> I'll probably text her after this. <laughs> All right, Eric, that comes to the end of the show. Thank you so much for being on. Um, yeah, I'm man. so happy we got to do this. Yeah, it's a it's a pleasure. I've never really done a podcast before, yeah. so that was really you, fun. You did great. Thank um, you. Where can the people find you? Um, I'm really just on Twitter uh, at burner Eric. Eric with no I, so ERC, and then um, you know I I'm on PlayStation, uh, McLovin zero zero two all lowercase. And big super bad fan. Yeah, yeah, really big. That's probably my favorite comedy of all time. It's it's one of mine too. It's great. Yeah, but um, I rarely play online. Mostly just playing Persona, playing single player games. Yep. So compare trophies with Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Go do uh, that. That's that's what I do. Um. Uh, you can find uh, me at WhoDetNinja73 on Twitter and on PSN. You can find um, – I do a PlayStation podcast with uh, last week's guest, Mr. BadBit. Um, the Trophy Room, you can find that at PS Trophy Room on Twitter. And you can find the show on YouTube at BadBit Games and listen to it at podcast services anywhere, everywhere. And this show is BFS Talk Funny on Twitter. You can listen to it. Uh, pretty much everywhere on podcast services. I think the Google one is fixed. It wasn't working for a while, so I hope it's working. Um, and yeah, that's it. If you want to be a guest on the show, hit me up and we'll try to work something out. I got a nice long list of people. And um, one of my resolutions for 2019 is to be more consistent with the show. So I'm definitely going to be needed needing guests. Um, so I guess until next time, remember... Be kinda to one another. Bye!